All right, Alexander, let's talk about what happened in Brazil over the weekend. Riots, protests, some analysts are calling it an insurrection. Uh, so far, it looks like uh, everything is under control at the moment. Uh, Lula had to uh, call in federal troops. And um, there will be some sort of uh, federal intervention is what they're calling it up until January 31st in the region of uh, Brasilia, where all of this happened. Rioters and protesters stormed various government and administrative buildings, Congress, Supreme Court, etc. Uh, breaking things. I, I don't think there was uh, there were any uh, deaths in, in in these riots at all, but uh, the police did have to be called in. Things got uh, got violent, but um, it was mostly just uh, just breaking a lot of stuff. In these buildings, uh, Venezuelan President Maduro said this was a coup d'état. I think that's maybe pushing things a bit far. I don't know. I, I don't know. What, what do you think about everything that's, right. that's well, going on here? By the way, Bolsonaro was in uh, was in the uh, the U.S. when all of this was happening. Right. He's denounced yeah. Uh, yeah. the violence as well. Um, I say that because the the reports are that these are pro Bolsonaro um, protesters. That's why I say that. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think it's a coup, and I'll tell you why I don't think it's a coup. I mean, first of all, it's it doesn't seem as if these people who did these things, which were illegal things and violent things, and you know, I want to say that, but it doesn't seem as if these people who did these things, who broke into these buildings, who vandalised them to some extent, or at least did some destruction, it doesn't seem as if they were armed. I haven't really seen much evidence of much organisation. I mean, it's clearly a big protest. It was clearly an angry protest. These people do believe that Bolsonaro was cheated of his victory. They don't accept Lula. There's been an interesting article that I read, I think, in, well, at least some media outlet, that, in fact, these people are more opposed to Lula than they are supporters of Bolsonaro. They they see Lula as a far leftist, a communist, if you like. They don't accept that he's a somebody who should be leading Brazil. They see Lula returning to power as president of Brazil as a threat to themselves. And, you know, they're more against Lula, Lula than pro-Bolsonaro. I mean, I don't know whether that's true or not. But anyway, they're vehemently opposed to Lula. They don't accept the legitimacy of his election victory. They came and protested in Brasilia. And importantly, again, it looks as if the police just didn't know how to handle these protests. And it was the, more than anything else, it was the failure of the police to protect these buildings, the Capitol building, the, you know, the the the, the Brazilian Capitol building, I should make it clear, the uh, Parliament building, the Supreme Court building, the President's office. It, it, it was the failure of the police to protect these buildings that made it possible for people from these protests to enter them and to do what they did. And it doesn't seem as if they came armed. And I gather that, well, I mean, we all know that there's lots of arms available in Brazil. There's no sign that they were organized in any particular way. They don't seem to have had any leaders who made any 
particular statements or issued any particular proclamations. And last but not least, and very importantly, if this had been a coup attempt, a serious coup attempt, I would have expected something to happen outside the capital. In other words, attempts in parallel to be made to take over state governments or to rally state governments in states which didn't also didn't vote for Lula in the election. And nothing like that happened. And that makes me think, as I said, that this was a protest that basically got out of control. It does highlight one very important thing, which is what a very divided country Brazil has become. We discussed that when we analysed the Brazilian election results. It's clear that Brazil is heading towards a period of pol political um, you know, division and perhaps radicalization. And I'm afraid that doesn't point to any good outcome for the long-term stability of Brazil. And I would say this, I mean, Brazilian politics has become deeply corrupted for over the last couple of years, probably longer than that. There's very little trust in the Brazilian courts. It doesn't seem as if there are strong institutions in Brazil that can mediate these sort of disputes. And I suspect that was one of the reasons why this exploded in the way that it did. Yeah, so arrests uh, have been made, and I imagine there's going to be investigations and more arrests. Yeah. How, how do you think Lula's going to, to play this? Well, I, I, I think that at the moment he must be extremely angry. I mean, you know, he did this extremely angry broadcast. I think he's probably angry because he feels insecure I think the danger is, and I, I really do want to stress, I think this is a danger that instead of taking a, a legal and constitutional course, he's going to copy what some people have been doing in another country in the Americas, which I'm not going to talk about in too much detail, and, you know, go over the top and start taking very tough action against people who, well, they may have protested and they may have gone too far, much too far in their protests. But I don't think that they pose any significant danger to Brazil's constitution and political system. And given what a radicalized and divided country Brazil is, and given also Brazil's history, there's a real danger if he does that, that instead of calming the situation in Brazil, he could escalate it. He could make it much worse than it is now, and if that happens, then, of course, again, given Brazil's history, the situation in Brazil might start to spiral out of control. Can I just say, I'm going to just give an example of a coup in Brazil, which some of the events have some similarity to, to these. And it's one that took place and which is well known in Brazilian history. It's the, the coup that took place in 1930. Um, there was, again, a contested election. The loser was a man called Vargas, who was supported by people who you might describe as being more on the right in Brazilian politics. The, the Vargas, very much like Bolsonaro, accepted the outcome of the election, but didn't say very much um, in the weeks and months that followed the election itself. When the new president was installed... There were protests in some states. By the way, Brasilia at that 
time hadn't been built. It wasn't the Brazilian capital. And what happened was, in that particular case, um, the protests expanded across large parts of Brazil. More and more states joined the protests. The position of the president became untenable. The elected president, the supposedly elected president, and he resigned and he had to make way f eventually for Vargas, who then turned out to be a transformative president for Brazil. Now, there's a lot of discussion about that coup in 1930, but the point is that it's never been fully settled to what extent it, it happened as part of a process, in which case it wasn't a coup at all, but you know, it was a cascade of protests, or whether it was organized. But this, these events that we've seen yesterday are not like that, and therefore there is no real reason, it seems to me, to overreact to them. I think the best thing for Lula to do is to respond calmly, to act like uh, a, you know, a unifier of his very divided country, to accept that perhaps some of the very radical reforms that he has in, in mind, well, he needs to work much harder before he persuades Brazilians to accept those. I mean, there may be opposition to those. And I think that, on the contrary, if he overreacts, if he brings out the military, brings out the police, starts carrying out you know, mass investigations and inquisitions and all those sort of things, and starts involving people who are either not connected with the protests to any great degree, or perhaps not even connected at all. And as I said, in Brazil, with its complex history, this could easily spiral out of control. At the moment, I have to say, that's not what he's doing. He's talking about threats and constitutional threats, and he's accusing Bolsonaro of being behind these events. There isn't any evidence of that up to now, as Bolsonaro has himself pointed out. Yeah, at the moment, it doesn't look like uh, Lula is going to, to do, as you say, and try to unify the country. At the moment, of course, it's, it's early, early hours, if not days, since this, uh, these riots have been uh, concluded. So, I mean, you know, we'll, we'll give Lula the, the benefit of the doubt, I guess, yeah. give him some more time to see how he formulates his policy, how to deal with this going forward. Do you see any foreign hand in this at all? That's a very good question. Now, of course, there are some people, and I, I have seen some suggestions, uh, um, you know, that some people in the United States might have been keen on this because Lula is clearly, uh, um, and we discussed the foreign policy that he's following, he's clearly reintegrating Brazil into the BRICS. He's had a very friendly conversation with Putin. He seems to be distancing the US from the US on Ukraine. So, you know, that there might be people in, um, you know, Washington who, uh, you know, wouldn't be too sorry to see him go. I have to say, I don't really believe this. I think that if you look at Lula and the forces that support him, it seems to me they're very, in some respects, there's some similarities to the forces that are in power in Washington today, the Democrats, the left there. In fact, after we did that video, there was a whole string of very interesting emails I got from all kinds of people pointing out to the very 
significant connections that Lula and his party have with the Democrats in the US. And it seems to me that if these, we've established one thing over the last couple of years, it is that the Democrats and the um, intelligence and security agencies in the United States work together and in harness. So I can't really believe that they would work to overthrow a government of Lula's, uh, like Lula's, in order presumably to bring someone like Bolsonaro back to power, who is somebody so antagonistic to them. I mean, you could argue, I suppose, that they were playing five-dimensional chess, that it works to their advantage to create a, you know, right-wing dictator in Brazil as a bogey figure. I think that's too complicated. So I don't think the US was involved. I'm going to get lots of people who are going to try and argue the opposite. But I don't think the US was involved. I think the connections between Lula and the US uh, and the Democrats at least are too strong. And I don't think the US is too bothered, actually, so far by um, Lula's policies towards Russia. I think they might come to be in time. But for the moment, I don't think that's the overriding issue. That's that's one thing. If it's not the US, who else would it be? The, the BRICS states, China and Russia, they think of Lula as a friend. The Russians have come out and have strongly uh, denounced the protests in Brasilia. So I can't really see that there is a foreign hand here. Um, there are lots of issues in Brazil. I think, again, the scenes that we saw in Brasilia, I, I mean, I'm not countenancing them in any way. On the contrary, I mean, I somebody who has deep aversion to political violence. I don't like this, these sort of protests. But at the same time, I don't think one should overstate their importance and their scale. I think doing so, on the contrary, risks creating more problems than it would certainly solve. And I think given that this is, I think, a relatively contained affair, I think if a foreign intelligence agency of some country, and I can't imagine which one it would be, was behind it, we would have seen something a bit more organized, something a bit more uh, effective, uh, um, say army units coming over to the side, side of the protesters, police coming over openly to the side side of the protesters, uh, state governments across parts of Brazil coming out supporting the protests, some statement or declaration from the protesters that they were forming some kind of alternative power centre, something like that. We saw nothing like that. And as I said, that leads me to think that this is a protest that got out of control. And as I said, that it's unlikely to have been a foreign hand in it. Yeah, I think Brazil, um, Bolsonaro at least, the Bolsonaro-Lula dimension of uh, politics in Brazil is is pretty complex, especially with regards to to their foreign policy position and their alliances. You know, Bolsonaro is someone who the Democrats, the Democrat Party in the United States, they're saying right now that they want Bolsonaro out of the United States. That's what the Democrats are saying because they see Bolsonaro as some sort of Trump-like figure. Um but Bolsonaro was never antagonistic towards Russia or towards the BRICS either. He didn't 
when he was president, he didn't say, okay, Brazil is out of BRICS. I mean, he did, he did manage to, to balance things out to a certain extent. And it, and it doesn't seem like he was, um, I don't want to say he was pro-Trump. I just think he was more populist. I think he was a populist leader. And, And so I think there's a lot of confusion about Bolsonaro's, uh, position and where he, where he stands with regards to, to foreign policy and how he sees the world. But uh, he wasn't, you know, for for um, a foreign interference, say for the United States to interfere because they believe that putting Bolsonaro in as president, this is just a hypothetical, putting Bolsonaro in as president would lead to break, to Brazil breaking away from BRICS. I mean, we've seen Bolsonaro as president and that didn't happen. No, he exactly. Relations with, with, with all the, the, the BRICS members. Yeah, I mean, he, you know, he, he did that. He wasn't. Um, he didn't brush away BRICS and, and Russia and, and, and China off. He didn't say, you know, we're out of here. But um, I could see, and I agree with you, that it doesn't seem like there was there was foreign interference, or at least heavy foreign interference. But you could make the argument that in this instance, if the interference was from the deep state, if they did have a hand in this, you could make the argument that maybe this was you you could split it between neoliberal and neocon in this instance in in the fact that you know the neoliberal side of things does not want to see bolsonaro in power they may not be too hot on uh, lula either but for them they're like as you said let's this is not bothering us right now so no need for us to get involved but you could see the neocons perhaps saying well look at what lula's doing we're not a fan of Bolsonaro. It's not about getting Bolsonaro in power, but just look at the moves that Lula's already making in his first uh, couple of weeks, and let's just stir things up for him. Maybe well, indeed, you could I'm... make that argument. Maybe I'm stretching it a little bit, but you, you could. You could argue that in this instance, the neocon, the, yeah. these guys could say, let's, let's stir things up a little bit. Absolutely. Well, I mean, you could, you, could, you could actually take that argument further. You could say that from a neocon perspective. The very last thing they want is a really strong reconstituted BRICS with Brazil taking a very active role in the BRICS. The BRICS becomes much stronger. It expands in South America. So you create trouble in Brazil and your plan then is not just to embarrass people in Brazil and perhaps try and get a replacement to Lula who's doing these things, you do something more. You try to create a deep crisis in Brazil, a long crisis in Brazil, which pre- prevents Brazil becoming an active BRICS member. <coughs> I don't think that's beyond the kind of thing the neocons might do. I think <coughs> the neocons are perfectly capable of thinking and behaving in that way. But to be honest, I think if they were involved, this would have been more organized than it looks to me to have been. And that's really all I could say about this. Uh, and I would have thought also that despite the influence the, Brit- the neocons have within the deep state, I think there are enough Democrat- Democratic Party operatives in Washington who would have got wind of this sort of thing and who probably would oppose it also. So, you know, I, 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 with, with people like the neocons, you can't discount anything. I mean, they're, they're the sort of people who 
are prepared to do the most extreme things. But I think that this time they probably weren't involved in that sort of way. And bear in mind, and we discussed this in our program about Brazil after the elections, this is a very divided country. It's clear it's becoming increasingly divided. So there are lots of domestic factors at play which could by themselves have produced this outcome that we saw yesterday. Yeah, absolutely. All right. We will uh, end the video there, the Duran.locals.com. We are also on Rockfin as well. Go to the Duran shop, 10% off. Use the code. Good day. Take care.